the times of refreshing again at the assembly. Oh, wow. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Because we're going in today. Hallelujah. We welcome every one of you. This is the day that God has made. This is the day that God has made. This is the day that God has made. We will rejoice. Come on, come on, come on. We will rejoice. Our circumstances will not hinder our praise. Our, 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 our situations will not interrupt our praise. We will rejoice. We welcome you in. Come on in. Get your Bibles. Prepare for the move of the Holy Spirit. We have already primed the atmosphere. God is here. And we know that you are feeling him as you listen to us on the broadcast. Father, we thank you today because you are God and God alone. 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 You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You are Jehovah Nissi, our banner. Lord, we thank you today. We will not hold our praise back this morning. So as we enter into the Holy of Holies, we ask God that you will drench us with your Holy Spirit. Those that are in need of a breakthrough, those that are in need of a touch, those that are in need of a, of a stirring and a turnover, God, do it. We release it in the atmosphere in the name of Jesus. And we believe it done. We believe it done. We believe it done. We believe it done. We believe it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a high praise. Give God a high praise. Give God a high praise. Give him a high praise. He's worthy. He's a good God. Hallelujah. 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 Hey.
Your name and all 
on just a few more minutes. Come on in with me. loud as you can. I love you, Jesus. You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. When I think of where you brought me from, when I think of how you brought me out, I desire. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your Say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit Come on in and worship with me. Come on in. Those of you who are on our streaming network, give God some praise. Hey!
Yes, Lord. Everyone in the auditorium. Everyone on the streaming network. Play that very softly. Somebody here today, there's more than one person, that you need a touch from God. You need a breakthrough. You have to have a breakthrough. You need consolation. You need the loving arms of our Father to be wrapped around you this morning. Someone on the our streaming Netflix, you're grieving. God says, I am your God. You are the apple of mine eyes. I will not allow the adversary. I will not allow a situation. I will not allow turmoil. I will not allow pressure. I will not allow worries. To poke their finger in my eye because you are my eyes and I love you father this morning we cry out to you we cry out to you we cry out to you your children need healing this morning We've all come through very pressing, anxious, stressful, political season. And we need to release ourselves in you this morning. We release our anxieties. We release our worries. We don't know how things will work out. But we know you hold everything in your hand. <laughs> we don't know we do not put our trust in man this morning we put our trust in you Jesus we do not put our confidence in man this morning we put our confidence in you we know you are able 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 you are able, God. You are able to restore whatever the locust has eaten, whatever the canker worm has destroyed, whatever situations have turned upside down, God. We 
presented to you this morning. And we thank you that you're a God that never slumbers nor sleeps. You're a God that never slumbers nor sleeps. You're a God that does not need a nap. You're a God that does not need a nap. You are awake 24-7. You see everything that goes on in our lives. And you are there taking note. You are there intervening. You are there helping. You are there making a way. You are there turning things around. And we thank you this morning. 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 Would you, as we close out our prayer set time, would you give God a high praise and a thanks? Oh! 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 Come on, give him some more. Give him a high, high. Keep it 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 high. Oh, 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 yeah, oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may take your seat. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. so great thank you Lord senior pastor I just want to say to those of you who have been stretching your faith and you have been committing yourselves to trusting God with your finances we know that you are because you have continued to support God's work faithless folk would look at where the economy is going faithless folk would look at the pandemic faithless folk will listen to the the pontiffs and the negativity and they would not support God's work but you are not that you have been faithful we've continued to take care of our missionaries about 31 of them on the mission field and if you have been going through a hard time imagine what it is for those missionaries who are away outside of the US especially away from their families in places where they cannot travel home like they used to. And they're depending on our prayers. They're depending on our monthly support. We've had uh, just cases that have come up that we have been so excited to be able to invest in benevolence funds into. There's nothing that is joyful to the leadership of a growing church than to be able to invest God's money into, back into the fold that God has made, provided, supplied. 
So I want to commend every one of you who have been giving faithfully. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. Thank hey, Assembly Lord. family, we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship this morning. If you're with us every week, or if this is your first time ever joining us for online worship, we are so excited to have you here. Would you take just a moment and fill out the connect card that our online service host has dropped in the chat? We like to make giving incredibly easy here at the Assembly. You have three ways to give. You can give online at theassemblyflorence.org. You can navigate to the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop and click on the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, or smartphone, you can click on the three lines for the menu, click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons are going to navigate you to our online giving platform. You can also give via text message. If you text the number 77977 with a message that says S. See Assembly Give, all one word, you'll receive a link to our online giving platform. You can also give via mail, by mailing either a check or money order to The Assembly, 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Again, thank you for giving to The Assembly. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that the rest of this service blesses and encourages you. Hey, Assembly family, I want to take just a quick moment to invite you to be a part of an exciting new time here at the Assembly. Our broadcast ministry is exploding. We are online on Facebook and YouTube every week on Sunday, and we are on Facebook every Wednesday. We want to invite you to join our team and join this ministry of the Assembly. We're looking for production directors. We're looking for camera operators, we're looking for lyric presenters, and we're looking for online chat hosts. These are all areas that we can train you and teach you every aspect of the job. You do not need any prior experience. So if you're interested in any of these opportunities, please send an email to info at theassemblyflorence.org. Again, that is info at theassemblyflorence.org. We look forward to having you partner with this ministry to reach thousands of people every week for the kingdom of God. Thank you and God bless. There is no one else like you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the word. Executive Pastor, Pastor Ron Denham is going to be coming forward. I can't wait. I've got my Bible ready. And now would you welcome him to the podium. God bless you, Pastor Ron. I like that. I, I love that bow tie. I love that. You see what he's got on it, don't you? Elephants. Oh, yeah. Bless God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 
an Old Testament passage found in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Thank you, Pastor, for having me up today. Sorry, I was a little late. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. called our worship leader last night and told him that I was going to be speaking on worship today. And uh, I said to him, you can ask him, I said to him, uh, this is not, we're not having this because uh, we don't like the way you're doing things. We've got a wonderful worship leader and worship team. And uh, I'll put them against any. But I wanted to share some things. Uh, I've touched on them a little bit at another time, but I want to uh, take it a little deeper today. Beginning at verse 1 of Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Now, we wouldn't say it like that. Um, we wouldn't say it like that, keep thy foot. We would say, watch your step. So I'm going to insert that, take those other words out and insert that, and then we'll read on some more. Watch your step. When you go to the house of God and be more ready to hear, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. Now, we wouldn't have expected to hear that either, but that's where it is. Watch your step when you go to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For those who do that, consider not that they do evil. Verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth. Or be not hasty with thy mouth. And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven... And thou upon earth, therefore, let thy words be few. God is not in favor of wordiness. God is not in the favor of us in favor of us talking all the time. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let Thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. Maybe we'll just keep going from there. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure. He hath no pleasure in fools. 
pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the messenger that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words and many words and many words there are also many vanities but fear thou God. Would you bow your heart with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, read your word and as you enable us to open your word, O God, and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Lord, I pray that you would give us a baptism of uh, honesty where we can look realistically at what you're saying to us and at whether or not something is, is really for us. Maybe we haven't seen it before, but it's for us. I ask you in Jesus' name that you would help me as I endeavor to speak to these sheep, Father. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Solomon was the same man who said in one place, all is vanity. All is vanity. And as peculiar as it may sound, and stick with me this morning because I'm not going to speak a long time, but I want to say, um, I actually have three points, but I'm not going to use but two of them today. And uh, I'll be through in, in good time. As peculiar as it may sound, and probably does sound, that can sometimes be true, even in our worship. Let me read it again to you. Solomon said, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Somebody says, well, he sounded like he's backsliding to me. Well, I don't know about that. <clears throat> as peculiar as it may sound, Sometimes it can even be true in our worship. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, which we just read, we are given a series, a warning. I'll put it that way. We're being given a warning of faults, F-A-U-L-T-S. We're given a warning of faults in worship which can sometimes make it to be unreal, empty, and fruitless. Now, maybe you've never had that experience, but I wouldn't want to bet my last dollar that we haven't had that experience. Thank God for what we have. I've already commended our worship leader and already thank the pastor for giving me the opportunity to speak. <clears throat> to prevent... Our worship, to prevent our worship from moving in the direction of vanity, the scripture challenges us in three 
areas. Let me ask you to do this real quickly. Um, if you would get a pen and, and a little piece of paper or write in the front of your Bible or something, I'm going to give you a few things this morning that I know you will want to write them down and pray over them. And so please do that real quickly now. <clears throat> to prevent our worship from becoming vain worship, the Scripture challenges us in three areas. Number one is when going, when going to the house of God. Three warnings. When going to the house of God is number one. Number two is presenting our prayers in the house of God. Going to the house of God, presenting our prayers in the house of God. And number three, which we're not even going to touch on this morning, but I'll just give it to you so you can jot it down with the others. Leaving the house of God and returning to ordinary life. To prevent our worship from moving in the direction of vanity. The scripture challenges us. When going to the house of God, we need to be careful. When presenting our prayers in the house of God, we need to use care. And then number three, leaving the house of God and going out into our ordinary life. Or to put it another way, the writer cautions us. Solomon cautions us. And he's doing it at the uh, leading of the Spirit of God. The writer cautions us in our conduct before, during, and after public worship. The writer cautions us in our conduct before we're arriving at the house of God, the time before we arrive at the house of God. Secondly, when we are presenting our prayers in the house of God to the Lord. And number three, leaving the house of God and going out into our ordinary life. <clears throat> or to put it another way, he cautions us in our conduct before, during, and after public worship. It's amazing the things you can find in the Bible if you are hungry and thirsty to hear the Lord, to receive from the Lord. Some people believe that the Bible is this hard, hard, hard book to understand, get in, make any sense out of. Well, I don't believe it is that. God is not in the business of hiding his word from us like a needle in a haystack. Why would he go to the trouble to have, was it 40 men? I believe it was 40 men, over a period of 2,500 years at least to pin the pages that we have in the Scripture. Why would he then turn around and try to hide it from us? Now, there's a lot we could say on that, but it, it won't uh, fit very well with the rest of what I want to say. <clears throat> Before, during, and after... God has admonition, admonition for us. I remember one time when we were pastoring on the Outer Banks, uh, 
I came across a scripture and I don't even know at the moment which it was, but I could tell you in about five minutes. Um, And it had to do with manners. Now I remember what it was for. Jesus said to some people who were putting down someone else for their expressions of worship. He said to them, I came to where you are and you did not welcome me. You did not give me the kiss of welcome. And that gave me an opportunity to speak about manners. God wants his people to be mannerly people. Amen? You say, well, that's real trivial. No, it really isn't. If Jesus stopped and took an opportunity to speak about something, then he wants us to do that as well. The Bible is not some book that only a few people understand who are known as ministers or teachers or priests. God has prepared the way for us to receive from Him. He's prepared the way for us to receive from Him. How did He do that? He said, when I get to the Father, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to you. He said, it is expedient that I do that. It is necessary that I do that because I can only be in one place at one time. Jesus couldn't be in two places at one time when he was on this earth. And so he said, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit and he will abide with you forever. And he said, he will lead you and guide you into all the truth. Does that sound like a God? that is hiding stuff from us and doesn't want us to know it, or at least he wants us to have to work our fingers to the bone to get it. No, he doesn't. And he has some very important things for us to see this morning that I believe will help us if we apply them. To prevent our worship from moving into vain worship, the scripture teaches us and challenges us in those three areas. When going to the house of God, when presenting our prayers at the house of God, and leaving the house of God to go into our ordinary life. Before, during, and after in public worship. Now, none of us want anything to do with false, F-A-U-L-T-S, false, which are condemned in Ecclesiastes. Amen? None of us, none of us want anything to do in our lives with faults which are condemned in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Those who are included, whose worship is marred. It's possible for our worship to be marred. M-A-R-R-E-D. I hope yours is not. I don't want mine to be. I want to do whatever is needed, whatever is necessary to avoid that. But those who are included, whose worship is marred by the errors that are spoken spoken of in our text, would create the need for a building program for any church. How many knows what a building program is? It's where church is growing and 
space is needed. What they used to do years ago, even at the old uh, assembly, First Assembly of God at 1626 West Palmetto Street, is they had a couple of rooms on the back that doubled as Sunday school classes and overflow space. Churches today that are included in what God is warning us against, that our worship becomes marred, would create the need in almost any church to expand the building because there are so many people that I believe God is speaking about today. The faults that are shown to us in this, in these ancient words, the faults flourish today. The faults flourish today. In fact, they haunt Christianity. Uh, <clears throat> Halloween's gone, and I'm glad of it. And I'm glad to see them putting up the Christmas decorations already on the street. We don't want nothing to do with haunting. Not even watching some ridiculous movie. We don't want to get near that sort of thing. But the faults that are shown to us in the scriptures, in these ancient words, are flourishing today. They haunt Christianity. And before Christian Christianity, they haunted Judaism. If, if, and that's a big if, I'll tell you that before I tell you the rest. If we could bar the doors of the church from these faults that God has been gracious enough to have one of his servants give to us, there would be fewer complaints of the poor results of a lot of Christian prayer and Christian preaching. Now that's a mouthful, so I'm going to say it again. If we, and that's a big if, if we could bar the doors, I don't mean literally, but you know what I mean, bar the doors of the church from these faults being in our lives, there would be fewer complaints about answers to prayer, about Christian preaching. Are you listening? Write this down. Write this down. Fruitful, fruitful and acceptable worship begins before it begins. Fruitful and unacceptable worship, pardon me, fruitful and acceptable worship begins before worship begins. You say, well, how is that possible? The text begins with the conduct of the worshiper on their way to the house of God. And it begins this way, watch your step or keep thy foot. Watch your step when you go to the house of God. Worship, in a very real and true sense, begins before worship begins. I think there are ways we can always improve and grow and 
expand and all of that. And it's very important that we not be stagnant. But if worship is going to be, it's going to produce something, be fruitful or produce something, and if it is going to be acceptable to God, if it's going to be acceptable to God, worship begins before it begins. Watch your step, he said, when you go to the house of God. What does that mean? It means that if we are to go to the house of God, we should go deliberately. We should go deliberately. I said we should go deliberately. We should go thoughtfully. And with the realization of what we are about to do. That's what he means when he says, keep your foot or watch your step when you go to the house of God to worship God. He says, we are to go deliberately, we are to go thoughtfully, and we're to go with the realization of what we are about to do. We are to draw near to hear. We are to draw near to hear. As we go, we're to think carefully as to what our purpose is in going to the house of God to worship. Now, I dare say that maybe some of us are guilty of doing some other way. But this is the way that God would have us to go. Deliberately, thoughtfully, and with the realization, I am going to the house of God to offer up my worship. Jordan's job would be a lot easier if we kept our foot or if we watched our step when we're going to the house of God. And we don't just go, let me, don't go too far with that because I want to go to another, another side of that. <clears throat> but his job would be easier. Pastor's job would be easier. If we came to the house of prayer, the house of God, you say, well, this isn't the house of God. Yes, it is the house of God. This is a place that was prepared for people to come and worship the Lord and pray and seek his face. And all our jobs would be easier. All our, our jobs would be easier if we came thoughtfully, deliberately, and realizing, I'm not just going to church. I'm not just going to a building that looks like a church or has church on the name, on the sign. All that is well and good. But we come here, according to the scripture, we come here for the purpose of worshiping the Lord. But if we wait until we get to the house of the Lord, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Ron, that is some good preaching. I just want to tell you that. Listen to this. Our forefathers 
your and my forefathers. They began Sunday on Saturday night. Isn't that true, Frank? You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, it's not that complicated. It's like the Bible. It's not complicated. Our forefathers, their Sunday began on Saturday. Saturday night. People, this, mamas would get out clothes for the children, put them all out there and get ready for Sunday. But it wasn't just getting our clothes ready. It was a matter of getting ourselves ready. May I just say this? If the only time that you worship God is in this building, you don't worship God. It's true. If the only time that I worship the Lord is when I come through those doors into this building, put my mask on, lift my hands. I notice that Jordan has to tell us about several times. Come on, lift your hands up to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Our forefathers prepared themselves for Sunday for the gathering together with the saints of God. And I believe that's why Jesus said that I will be there in your midst. I honestly believe that if the Lord walked through that door and had on something kind of like we have on, not, not like we see in the picture, but if he walked through those doors, I honestly think that many of us would wouldn't even know he was there. It's not supposed to be that way. Let me just turn the question on you and me and ask us, how did we prepare yesterday, last night, for this time? Did you prepare? It was easy for me to prepare yesterday because Alabama didn't play. And Clemson didn't play very well either. They actually lost. I'm asking myself, what preparation have I made so that when I come into this house, I don't offer a bunch of vain stuff to the Lord. But I come to meet with Him. I come to meet with Him. The difference with us and our forefathers may be that the influence of what they did on Saturday night caused Sunday to reach over into Monday. If you listen to 95.3 radio, uh, Kennard says fairly frequently, I guess maybe every day, he says it takes, it takes Friday to make Mondays. Or it takes Mondays to get to Friday. If I understand God's word correctly, I believe when we come unprepared or ill-prepared, 
to the house of God to worship the Lord, I think it grieves the Lord. I believe it grieves the Lord. What likelihood is there? What likelihood is there that much good will come out of worship if we come having talked about everything in the world except the Lord on the way to the house of God? What likelihood is there that much good will be done at our worship time if we come and all we've talked about is who's doing this and who's doing that and where we are in the pandemic and all this stuff. Many years ago, I don't think any of us were alive, but many years ago, in America, men would bring the newspaper, Pastor. We wouldn't let them in, would we, with the newspaper. They would sit in the church house. The preacher's up there preaching, talking, pouring his life out. And they would sit and read the newspaper. On Sunday morning, in the church house. Not a very good preparation for worshiping God. I don't know if I'm on somebody's toes or what, but it's really quiet. Hearts, hearts that have had no due, D-E-W, hearts that have had no due of preparation of meditation to prepare the heart to make the heart receptive are not likely to drink in much of the showers of blessing which may be falling around them Ron you ought to say that again okay hearts that have had no due of meditation to get the heart ready to receive the seed of the word of God. To make the heart receptive. Are not likely to drink in much of the showers of blessing. Which may be falling all around us. Let me give you um, a couple of things. That uh, really, uh, it really spoke to me. It is the formal. Worshipper. It is the formal worshiper who goes to the house of God because that's what we always do on Sunday. That's what you call a formal worshiper. Go through all the motions, say all the things. Fold your hands, all the things that happen. It's the formal worshiper who goes to the house of God because that's what we do every week. I think we ought to come to church as much as we can uh, every week. Then there is 
There's another type of worshiper. That is the curious, C-U-R-I-O-U-S, the curious worshiper. What's the main characteristic of the curious worshiper? He goes to church to hear, but to hear a man, not to hear God. I remember years ago, I heard a man preach on a tape. I don't know where I got it. I'm sure I don't have it now, but he said we don't go to church merely to hear a man. Because when we do that, we put that man between us and the Lord. He didn't say, I'm going to go back to the Father and I'm going to send a comforter who will have the pastor say so and so to you. I believe in pastors. I've been a pastor for 50 years. I know I don't look old enough. The curious worshiper goes to hear, but he goes to hear a man, not God. See, we ought to come. Brother Don, we, we ought to come, and I hope we do come. I hope we come. Saying, God, I need to hear you myself. I need to hear you every day. I need to hear you. I must hear you. I must hear you. And also, you've given me a shepherd and an assistant shepherd. And I want to hear from them as well. But if all you do is come and hear a man and you don't hear God speaking to your heart, what good really is it? God wants you and me to draw near to Him. God wants you and me to draw near to Him. Then there are all types of outward worshipers. Outward worshipers. Go through the motions. Bloom, 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 bloom. Kneel and all kinds of things. <clears throat> and you know what? They make up the majority of every church. They go through the motions. Say amen. They go, I don't, I'm not asking you to say amen for me, but I'm saying they say amen at the right time. Outward worshipers make up the vast majority of virtually every church in our country. Notice that right preparation for worship is better than worship itself if it is the worship of fools. Right preparation for worship is better than worship itself if it is just going through the motions, if it is being 
just a foolish person that just you don't really care and it's it's okay the reason for the vanity of the sacrifice of fools is that they do not know now stay stay with me because this is this will take just a little bit of deciphering the reason for the vanity of the <clears throat> excuse me the sacrifice of fools is that they do not know and they do not know because they did not draw near with the purpose of hearing. You won't hear the Lord unless you draw near to Him for that purpose. Just turn your music off. Even Christian music. And say, God, I, I, I have to hear from you. I have to hear from you. I need to hear from you today. Well, this ain't son. Well, I need to hear him over and over and over and over again. And so do every one of us. We need to hear the Lord. The reason that many offer the sacrifice of fools is because they don't know they're doing it. And they don't know they're doing it because they didn't draw near to hear. He said, watch your step when you go to the house of God and be more ready to hear. Be more ready to hear. The last clause of that verse actually says, they do evil. They do evil. He's not talking about people out in the world. He's talking about people in the church. No matter how much we go to the house of God, if we go unprepared with hearts and minds that are unprepared, we will not learn and we will therefore remain in some degree of ignorance. And because we are ignorant, our sacrifices will not be acceptable to God. They will be evil. We used to have an evangelist that come through Panama City and our pastor would always have him come and preach. I think his name was Lehman Cloud. And he would be preaching sort of like I'm doing and he'd say, how many loves me now? How many loves me now? I said that because of what I'm going to say here. How many in our church or in the churches of America, take longer to dress their bodies than they get preparation for their soul. How many in the church, this church and other churches, take longer to get dressed than to get their soul into a place where they can hear the Lord? Secondly, secondly, we have the direction for our conduct in the act of worship itself. We have the direction for our conduct in the act of worship itself. The exact same thoughtfulness which kept the foot in coming to the house of God should keep in check when in the house of God. We need to watch what we do and watch what we say. 
listen to what we're saying. We could cause somebody to miss the very thing that they need to hear. Or we could cause ourselves to miss the very thing that we need to hear. Exact same thoughtfulness which kept the foot in coming to the house of God should keep in check when in the house of God. When we come, we should be thinking of His greatness. When we come, we should come thinking of His exaltation. And our own lowliness should keep in check, hasty words. Only God knows the damage that's been done in the church house because somebody did not watch what they were saying. When I pastored here in Florence from 1975 to 1988, um, somehow I let them make me a, make a presbyter out of me. I didn't really want that, but I'd let them do it. And there was a church a couple hundred miles from here in the state of South Carolina that we were asked to go. Myself, Victor Smith. Um, I'm not sure if Steve Brown went, but a couple of other people went as well. It was a church that was flourishing. I mean, flourishing. But they wanted to give the preacher the old heave hope. So the superintendent asked us if we would go down. That's when Brother Blunt was the superintendent. He asked that we go down and sit in on their meeting, which would happen right after the worship service on Sunday. And so we went. And the moaning and groaning that they were doing against one of the finest men of God that I have known in my life. Wonderful man. Pastor knows him well. Ken Owen. Came to the church. There's a hundred people. When he had been there a little while, there were several hundred people and the church was doing wonderfully. We had to sit there and hear this woman get up and say, you know what? I started singing in this church when I was four or five years old and they won't let me sing a solo now. And for that reason, they wanted to get rid of one of the finest ministers of the gospel. A man that was a man of prayer. And they wanted to get rid of him. Now listen to this. I'm almost finished. Listen to this. I'm listening to all these people getting up and groaning. And the pastor said to us who went there to help him through this. He said, brethren, you tell me what to do and I will do it. If you tell me to step down, I will do it. How many can see those are worlds apart? 
How many can see those are worlds apart? Now, I don't care if sister so-and-so sang a solo or whatever. I mean, I'm not against that. But those things are worlds apart. Here is a man in his prime. God is using him, using him greatly. The real problem was they didn't like his wife. That was the real problem. She seemed like a fine lady to me. We had our meeting at the district office for each of us to report what we saw and what we experienced. And I said, Brother Blunt, I'll tell you how it is. I saw a man who was gentle and kind and gracious and I could go on through the whole catalog and he said with a smile, my brothers, y'all tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I heard all this other stuff, all this other stuff, criticism and so forth. I said, as far as I'm concerned, that's all we need to know. Here's a man that says, I love this church. God is using this church. The church is booming. But if you tell me that I need to give it up, I'll give it up today. God help us. The things that have been done in the name of, by the way, he stayed there until he retired. And the church continued to flourish. And he still had the same wife. The exact thoughtfulness which kept the foot coming to the house of God should keep in check when in the house of God. When in the house of God. We should come thinking of his greatness. He is exalted. The king is exalted on high. I will praise him. Jesus is king. Blurting out surface wishes from an unprepared heart is not good at all. The outpourings of a soul filled with the sense that God is in heaven and we're on the earth, but he is also near us. He's near us. What is condemned in the words which travel faster than thoughts? Sometimes we get our mouths in gear before we get our brain in gear. How many love me now? You know it. We might as well own up to it. When our words travel faster than our mouth, there's going to be a problem. Write this down. That mouth 
That mouth is not rash. That mouth is not rash. R-A-S-H. Which waits to speak until the ear has heard. That mouth is not rash. Which waits to speak until the ear has heard. God said through his servant, let thy words be few. Now, if anybody's visiting with us today, we ain't got a squabble going. If we do, I don't know about it. How many know that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? How many know that if you take care of the pennies, the pounds will take care of themselves? Let thy words be few. It is the heathen who think they will be heard for their much speaking. It is not necessary to tell our Father all the things about what our situation is and what's happening and how we feel and all that stuff. It's not necessary. He already knows all of it. So why would we do that? The shortest prayer, which is not made alive. Are you with me? The shortest prayer, which is not made alive by a consciousness of need and desire is too long. The shortest prayer, which is not made alive by consciousness of need and by desire, is too long. What becomes of the enormous percentage of public and private prayers, which are just repetitions, said because they are the right thing to say? What becomes... Of the enormous percentage of public and private prayers. The scripture is very clear. Watch your step. When you go to the house of God. Watch your step in the house of God. And watch your step. When you go back into your ordinary life. We'll have you write one more thing down and we'll hang it up. Wordy prayers. Wordy. W-O-R-D-Y. Wordy prayers make the one praying a fool and his prayer unacceptable. Would you stand with me? If I get another chance to speak, we'll go on to the Next point. Father, I've tried to say what I believe you wanted me to say. I don't apologize. But I pray that the words that have been said from this pulpit will ring in our ears. Will ring in our ears, Father. And Lord, that we would be willing to look at some areas 
of our lives, oh God. You're not deaf and you don't have a shortage of memory. You say, oh, just come and tell me about it. Just come and talk to me. I'm here. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I pray that very very soon we will be able to have everyone back and enjoying the blessing of God. I thank you for how you've helped us. None of us have been through a pandemic before. But you've helped us. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, please help us that we will not offer vain prayers. But help us when we come to the house of God that we will think and pray and come into the house of the Lord to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Maybe when you've been listening in your home this morning or maybe in your office, maybe in your car, maybe you have heard something that has spoken to you. I want to tell you that God is interested in you, not just people here, but he's interested in you. And he wants you to do what we talked about this morning. Let me pray for you. And then pastor is coming. Heavenly Father, I pray for those in the audience that are not in this room. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch those folks even now. Lord, I pray for that one that has been maybe even desperate. And they know somehow that God has spoken to them today. May they take the word of God and ponder over it. Pray over it. And live it by the grace of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask it. And we thank you for it. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. I believe that we were so quiet today because this word was so pertinent and that there was deep consideration in our hearts as we chewed on it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. For you alone, you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Father, we we bear our souls before you today. You know the condition of our heart. 
you know the times that we've come into your chamber in an unprepared way you know the times that we have spent shouting words of platitude but not transparency and so we ask today for your forgiveness we repent we repent God of making a mockery of the intimacy that we can have with you the times that we have been literally unaware of how deeply committed you were to just being there for us and with us and that we took so lightly Father we lift our hands would you lift your hands with me and we ask God that you would forgive us that you would cleanse us from the unrighteousness that has been sown into our environment that causes us to be gradually diluted to become lukewarm very gradually to become saltless in that we look like salt we sprinkle like salt but we do not season our environment help us Lord help us Father help us help us we do not want to be salt that has lost its savor. We do not. We do not, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. Would you tell him? Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. You listening to us online? Tell him, thank you for your word this morning, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to my heart. Thank you, oh God, for, for convicting me of wrongdoing. I get my heart right. I get my heart right, right? I repent. And I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, as we leave this place... We ask God that you will continue to walk with us, talk with us, live with us. God, you are the, the air that we breathe. You are the breath we take. You are the money we spend. You are everything. There's nothing in our lives that isn't compassed by your goodness, Lord. And so we ask God that you will walk, talk, and minister to us this week. Bring us back together for our awesome Wednesday night Bible study. Prepare our hearts before we get here in the name of Jesus. Take glory and honor and praise for the goodness that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand as you greet? Would you give God a hand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on Wednesday. Thank you, Jesus.